Welcome again to Sleeping Giants, the East Anglian Daily Times and Ipswich Stars sports podcast. We're facing another must-win game for Ipswich after a 3-0 defeat to Newcastle. I don't think many of us expected a win at St James's Park, but nevertheless, it was a tough game Town could have done without after finally getting a win against Burton. The Rotherham are up next on Saturday at home, and Blues fans will expect a return to winning ways. Stuart Watson, our chief football writer, is here to discuss that game, but first, Newcastle. We talk about Town being involved in tight margin affairs, Stuart, but last weekend wasn't one of them. No, certainly not. Um, being blunt, it was men versus boys, really. Um, and I don't mean that too disparagingly about Ipswich, actually. I think uh, we have to. it's one of those days where we have to give all of the credit to the opposition. Um, I've had a bit of stick online from people where, where I suggested in my copy it was a free hit of a, of a match. Um, and I, I just think Newcastle were on a, on a different playing field to everybody else in this division this year in terms of you know the crowds that they get um, the budget that they've got the team that they've assembled um, they've gone and spanked Preston 6-0 in midweek okay Preston had a man sent off but nevertheless scoring six goals takes some doing they've done that twice this season they beat QPR by the same scoreline um, if they don't walk this division as I said before last week's match I'll be very very surprised uh, John Joe Shelby Matt Ritchie uh, Dwight Gale up front, um, it's a team that trips off the tongue, um, they scored, as you've probably seen, within a minute, uh, every single player touched the ball, which didn't, uh, and you 1-0 down and it was always going to be a, an uphill battle from then on really, so I think it's just a game that unfortunately we have to just uh, park and move on pretty quickly from. Obviously, the return fixture towards the the back end of the season, Ipswich Town have announced, is going to be sort of a special event to commemorate Sir Bobby Robson, who both teams share as a manager. Do you expect Town to be in a bit of a possession, a bit of a better position to combat Newcastle's threat next time around? Um, I think they certainly missed Cole Scoos on Saturday. Um, I know Mick's getting a lot of criticism at the moment for negative tactics and uh, you know setting up to take a point and all that sort of stuff and I've been the first to, to be critical of that um, but I didn't see that being the case on, on Saturday I thought uh, it was a if anything I thought he was guilty of not being pragmatic enough and I never thought I'd hear myself saying that but um, I was very surprised I mean the central midfield was was Grant Ward and Connor Grant to start with um, which seemed a very odd game to suddenly experiment with with those two players in, in central midfield. Um, as I say, Cole Scoos was, was a big miss with his injury. Um, he's a player that I have to admit I was beginning to question You know, for everything that he brings to the team. Is it enough? But um, you certainly miss him when he's not there. He does all of that understated covering and intercepting and just nicking little balls in front of the back four and slotting in when the fullback's not there. So he was a big miss, you have to say that. So, um, yeah, I guess when the reverse fixture comes around, which will hopefully have a few more players to, to pick from and, and the injury list is starting to ease. So um, we shall see going forwards. We'll come on to injuries in a moment, but Rotherham up next this weekend, not quite in the same quality league as Newcastle. Is it going to be a good opportunity for Ipswich to bounce back from that defeat quickly mm -hmm. and... and end up effectively with uh, two wins from three. Yeah, it's chalk and cheese in terms of the games. We've gone from, from the Burton game to Newcastle and now back to Rotherham. Um, heavy favourites for the two for uh, on Saturday. <clears throat> Completely different to going to St James's Park. Rotherham played seven away, lost seven away. 
rock bottom of the table. Um, but we have to be a little bit wary because there's there's heavy similarities between uh, them and the point in Kenny Jacket um, in the last couple of weeks and uh, where Ipswich were at. <coughs> excuse me. When Mick McCarthy first took over four years ago at Ipswich, they were they were rock bottom, similar points total, similar stage of the season, and um, I think Kenny Jacket's a really shrewd appointment for them. He, we've already seen with his first game that he's taking it back to basics. Um, trying to make them hard to beat. Got a few really uh, experienced players back in from the cold, so there'll, there'll be no pushovers on Saturday. How do you expect them to line up when it comes to that game? Are they going to be, as I say, making themselves hard to beat? Are they going to try <coughs> and look to go forwards and, and open it switch up, or are they going to be sitting back and, oh, and trying to... They'll be parking the bus, no, no doubt about it. I mean, um, they just need to get points on the board. I think they're eight points adrift to safety already. Um, Kenny Jackett's had one game in charge already. They lost 1-0 <clears throat> at home to Reading. By all accounts, played reasonably well in that game. But um, the first thing he did was was um, call, call back a few experienced players that were out in the cold under Alan Stubbs. People like Joe Mattock, uh, Wood at centre-back, Dexter Blackstock up front. So um, much the same as when Mick first took over and they went to Birmingham and they ground out that 1-0 win there that really set Ipswich on the way to, to recovery. Um, Ipswich really rode their luck in that game I seem to remember um, the big striker Zigic up front missed a couple of real sitters for Birmingham that day Ipswich rode their luck, ground it out nicked a 1-0 win and, and that set them off so that's that's what Rotherham are going to be looking to do on, on Saturday um, I still think Ipswich should have enough to, to beat them um, especially with the likes of David McGoldrick and, and Johnny Williams coming back, maybe they can be the, the difference to just unlocking the door against uh, lesser opposition. And you mentioned those two players there, McGoldrick and Williams. There's some good news on the injury front and, and especially good news for McGoldrick, it sounds, from today's press conference. Yeah, Mick says he's ready to start, which is uh, unlike him. He got um, the entire second half at St James's Park and uh, a few encouraging signs, I thought, from, from David. Um, obviously had a horrendous two years with, with injuries, you name it, he's, he's had it um, in terms of injuries. And then in between when he has been on the pitch, he's looked a shadow of the player he was when he was that sort of talismanic figure for Ipswich uh, going back a few years. So he's got a bit of convincing to, for the fans to sort of say that he can still be the player that he was. And I think the cynics will be thinking he's going to break down anytime soon. But... Um, there was a few signs of his old self at, at St James's Park, a little moment where uh, a little body swerve and made a bit of space and got a long range shot away. And, and there's no doubt that when, you know, when David McGoldrick is fit and firing, he, he just takes Ipswich to another level in terms of their attacking play. So whether he starts remains remains to be seen, but um, you know maybe he could give uh, the Portman Road faithful something to uh, get off their seats for. Well, that could be, might be good news for the, the fans and obviously McGoldrick himself, of course. Is it going to be a bit of bad news for Freddie Sears, who is maybe just starting to, to get a bit of a look in further forward? Is he now going to be dropped to the bench or pushed back out to the wing with McGoldrick's return? I can't see Freddie Sears being on the, on the bench uh, very often. He's certainly one of Mick's favourites and he'll find a place in the team for him, um, whether that's up front or whether that's back out on the wide roll. Um, remains to be seen, really. Um, <coughs> excuse me, still feeling the... Uh, effects of uh, the coldness going round um, yeah uh, I, I think a lot of fans want to see two up front at the moment especially for a game like Rotherham I mean four of the next six are at home 
Rotherham, Forest, QPR and Cardiff, all, all four of which are currently below Ipswich in the table. Um, I think fans want to see Mick go for it and be quite bold and go, go with two up front, whether that's, uh, I think Leon Best will certainly be one because of the hold-up play and the physicality, physicality that he can bring. Who will it be alongside him? Um, I think there's a, a, a thought that him and McGoldrick will work well together. Both came through the ranks at Southampton, both Nottingham boys, both know each other very well. Um, so perhaps Freddie will, will still be out wide. But um, yeah, at least there's a few more options now. You know, a few weeks ago, it was the team was picking itself. So uh, yeah, a, a good selection headache for Mick at last. And you expect to see Johnny Williams on the bench a couple of more times before he maybe makes his way into the starting lineup. Yeah, we've just spoken to Johnny today at the press conference. Um, he sort of says he, he's fine and he's over everything now. Mick sort of says he, he's not ready quite yet. So I think it will be a few more... Um, <clears throat> appearances off the bench before we see Johnny start but um, again having someone of, of Johnny Williams class available um, will be fantastic for these home games coming forwards. And with Scoot and Douglas are they both fit now? Obviously they've had a bit of time out each with, with injury and, and sort of being yeah, away from the squad are we expecting them to start again together in the centre of midfield? Um, I would think so, yeah, for Saturday. Um, if Cole Scoos is fit, he'll play. He so was a big miss at Newcastle. Um, <clears throat> Mick says he's, he's hopeful that he'll be fine. He's got this toe injury that he had last season. Um, not on the same scale of uh, severity from what, from what we're told. So he'll be back in the team. Whether it's Douglas alongside him, um, I'm not sure. Um, he, he, he obviously went with Teddy Bishop for, for the Burton game, said he wanted a bit more subtlety for, uh, for a game against so-called lesser opposition. So it'd be nice to think that he might go bold and go with a Scoos and Bishop in, in central midfield and, and a 4-4-2. Um, so we, uh, we live in hope with Mick. Um, we always hope he goes bold. It's, it's very rare that he did, but um, ordinarily I, I would say to you I, I, I'd worry that he's, he's going to go... Uh, on the defensive, but um, the team he picked for the Burton game last week gives me hope that maybe he's, he's ready to uh, to open up a little bit for these sort of games. And before the next international break, there's two games to come, obviously Rotherham this weekend, that's followed by Sheffield Wednesday. <coughs> How many points do we expect town to pick up from these matches? And, and are they going to be stronger when they come out the other side of the international break because of the injuries hopefully having sorted themselves out? Well, Rotherham feels like a must-win game and mix pretty much said that himself, just like the Burton game did. Um, Sheffield Wednesday's obviously a tough game. Uh, the next two away games, Sheffield Wednesday and Bristol City, I think are going to be tough, both up there in the, in the top six at the moment. It's the home games that Ipswich need to get back to winning. Um, they can't just be a hard-to-beat team that teams think, well, I'm not really looking forward to coming to Portman Road this weekend. Um, they've got to start winning games. It was the cornerstone to their success when they finished sixth. Um, the home form, I think they had the joint best home record in the division alongside Middlesbrough that year. Um, it's only the Huddersfield game that they've lost here at Portman Road so far, but they need to start turning a few of those draws into wins. So um, I kind of look at it not as the next two leading into the international break, but the next six, uh, the four home games that I mentioned. Um, and uh, and uh, they really need to get a decent points haul from them to sort of stay in touch with the top six and uh, going into the internet into the uh, festive period. And when we go into that sort of festive period over Christmas and, and New Year, do you expect Town to be up there? Do you think they're going to find their feet 
now sort of a couple of months into the season or are we going to be looking at them at mid-table when we uh, reach January? I've got no fears at all of Ipswich being dragged into any kind of relegation battle. I know they're 17th at the moment. Um, I just think under Mick McCarthy's management they'll have far too much about them and, and we've mentioned sort of players coming back will make them stronger. I also don't see them being anywhere near a, a top six side at the moment either, I have to say. Um, it's that sort of treading water feeling, isn't it, about Ipswich at the moment. I think they'll <coughs> the last three games sums them up. You 0-0 at Blackburn, beat Burton at home, lose to Newcastle away. It's that kind of win one, lose one, draw one. I, I could kind of see them just kind of uh, stumbling along like that for, for the rest of the season. I don't suddenly see McGoldrick and Williams turning them into a, a, an amazing team overnight. There's still the injury question marks against both of those so um, everything we said in, in that initial pre-season podcast we saw Ipswich as a as a 7th to 10th place 7th to 10th 11th 12th place team I haven't seen anything otherwise to, to suggest anything different I have to say and when it gets into the sort of the second half of the season as well going forward do you think that when it comes to the half-season tickets that Ipswich Town sometimes like to sell, do you think there's been enough about what the team's done so far that would make that a worthwhile exercise? Can you see fans coming back to the team for the second half of the season, or do you think that what's gone so far is going to set the tone for attendances between now and next May? Uh, no, in short, what they've done so far in terms of bringing people back, um, I speak to a lot of Ipswich Town fans, as you can imagine, whether it be uh, online or in person, um, and a lot of people have, have gave up their season tickets in the summer, and they just said, you know what, I just I've got better things to spend my money on. Um, the entertainment value is is just not there. I think it was that more than the results than anything that has switched people off and there's been nothing in this <clears throat> first few games to to change people's minds that it's gonna it's gonna turn. So it would have to take something fairly spectacular, a few sort of good good score lines and results to uh, to suddenly get those people to come back. I mean it's a habit of a lifetime being a season ticket holder for a lot of people and um, <clears throat> maybe they'll they'll you know there'll be a few that have given it up after 10, 15, 20 years and um, they'll be desperate to come back. They'll, they'll, you know, that's a big part of their lives. But I don't think there's been anything thus far to convince them that they they made the wrong decision in, in giving their season tickets up. So um, I think the attendances tell tell the story, as I've said before in, in pieces in the paper. It's it's not so much anger with Ipswich Town fans, but more apathy. Just people have quietly just uh, walked away from it, and the attendances reflect that. So. Um, it's going to take something pretty spectacular over the next few games to uh, to sell some of those half-season tickets. Recently as well, uh, in the sort of past week or so, Carl Robinson left MK Dons. Um, he's <coughs> had a, a reasonably successful spell with them. He's a younger manager than Mick. Do you think there might be a bit of clamour among a certain section of the fans to, say, maybe take a punt on, on him? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I think... Um, Young and hungry has become a bit of a, a cliche surrounding managers these days. Um, it's very in vogue to want a manager in his, his 30s. Everyone's looking for the next Eddie Howe, of which I think they're few and far between. Carl Robinson seems to be someone that's been labelled as playing football the right way, inverted commas. Um, 
listen, I'd love to be seeing more entertaining football week in, week out, watching Ipswich. But um, I think there is a little bit of stock in the be careful what you wish for brigade as well with, with losing Mick McCarthy. I mean, it's no... Look at Rotherham, for example. They went for a so-called young and hungry manager in Alan Stubbs, you know, fresh out of playing. It's all gone wrong for them. So, you know, they've gone for someone experienced in Kenny Jacket. It was, it was Neil Warnock who kept them up last season. So... Um, yeah, I mean, it, being a young manager doesn't make you a, a good manager per se. Um, Carl Robinson took him five years to get MK Dons out of League One on a not unreasonable budget, and uh, they came straight back down because he stuck steadfast to his principles of playing football uh, a certain way. And, and Mick McCarthy will always sort of uh, dryly and sarcastically point out that um, teams like MK Dons and Charlton have tried to play football the way that fans want to see and, and it's not stood them in particularly good stead so I can see both sides of the argument um, I think the way Mick puts it across sometimes can, can rub fans up the wrong way uh, it can come across as a as a little bit arrogant at times the, the, the way he kind of puts that across but at, at the same time I guess he, he has got a point um, people like Steve Bruce and Mick McCarthy and, and whatnot are, are not particularly uh, popular figures amongst the fans but they're often the, the men that are called upon in times of a crisis so they've got to have something about them still there you go. Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's Sleeping Giants and we will of course be back in the middle of next week to discuss how things pan out at Rotherham thanks to you Stuart and thanks again for listening <laughs>